You're listening to the Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. What is up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. As always, I am super stoked that you are here and you are ready to learn and soak up some of this good knowledge that we got coming at you today. I have a very special guest today. Um, Today, I'm speaking with Tandar Tanavoli, and Tandar is a local life coach, um, but she's so much more than a life coach. She's a motivation coach, a success coach, and just as a human being, Tandar has this amazing, contagious spirit that you can't help but just feel so inspired and empowered around. I had the pleasure of being connected with Tandar really in the early stages of building my personal training business. One of the women who I was training had met Tandar, I believe it was through a boot camp. And she was like, Tandar is a firecracker. You need to meet her. And Tandar was nice enough to take some time out of her busy day to meet me for coffee and basically just talk about what it's like to build a business. And in a world where... I find with a lot of coaches these days, um, anytime you want, you ask somebody, if you could ask a few questions or just connect with them to learn what their experience was like, I'm finding that more often than not these days, there's a price tag that comes with it. And I get that, you know, people want to be valued for their time and for sharing their expertise. Um, but it was, it was so meaningful to me to have Tandar be so open to just sharing her experiences with me. And we stayed in contact. She even completely forgave me when I was like an hour late for one of our meetings one day. And she was just so easy going about it. And yeah, I have, I have so many good things to say about Tandar and I feel like I could keep talking, but I'm just going to stop here and I'm going to let you know that you are in for a great interview. We talk a lot about setting personal boundaries, how to uphold those boundaries. And I think what really stuck out for me in our conversation was understanding how to take ownership for the uncomfortable experiences that we find ourselves in on a regular basis and to take that ownership without doing so in a way that is harmful to ourselves. So there's a lot of realness, a lot of real talk, a lot of truths that can sometimes be hard to digest, but are so necessary and so essential on any personal growth journey. So I know that you are going to get a ton from today's episode. To give you a quick backstory on Tandar, so Tandar is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, coach, and motivational speaker. Founding Tandar Tanavoli Results International in 2007 with a focus on international lifestyle, personal, and professional coaching, as well as motivational educational seminars, she helps motivate her clients move through their self-limiting beliefs, mindset blocks, and emotional resilience while moving forward with clarity to achieve their goals and learn about their passions to deliver their life's purpose. She coaches with compassion, consideration, and commitment, and draws on her work and life experiences to help generate her clients' own solutions and authentic breakthroughs on their way to attaining the life they design. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode with Tandar. Cool. Well, shall we get started? Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the Daily Sweat Podcast today, Tandar. I'm super stoked to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. 
And before we dive into the meat of our conversation, I always just like to take a moment to really get to know who I'm talking to. And what I would love to know right now is what are you most excited about in life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, what I'm actually not asked that question a lot, but this when I when I when I get asked this question, I get actually pretty excited because mm-hmm. what I'm most excited in life right now for me is actually jumping into the unknown and the uncertainty and being adventurous. Um, I'm usually the person that pre-plans everything, sets my goals, let's say, for right before 2019 came in. It's been um, a habit of mine to do this for the last seven to 10 years or so to write my values, write my goals, put my purpose and everything. And, and this year, right before 2019, I kept, I kept having this resistance to do it. I was like, why am I not really getting excited about putting my goals in place, my values and my boundaries and all that and get so excited about it. And what I realized is that I've been so much into the certainty of things and I've been hanging on to habits and certainty of so many things that I really needed more adventure and uncertainty in my life. So I thought, why don't I just start with not doing the same thing I've been doing every year and whatever comes along my way this year and just check in with myself, check with my energy and my intuition and all that and just make sure it's not a fear-based no and just go with it. And um, since then, actually, I've been, since January 1st, I've been having so many offers coming my way from friends, from different uh, places, even this podcast. It's just coming towards me and I'm just jumping right in and I feel really good about it so far. So we'll see what the rest of the 2019 is going to look like. (laughs) Hopefully not too dangerous. Yeah, but I'm going for it. That's awesome. And I feel like there's a really big shift just collectively in, you know, I feel like a lot of people are moving away from that, like very controlled, predictable, this is how I do things. And a lot of people are moving more Mm -hmm. into that flow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, um, I won't stay on this for too, too long, but I'm curious for you, like, do you ever, do you feel any resistance? Like, have you had fearful thoughts come up about stepping away from that kind of more controlled environment? Um, Yeah, because as you mentioned, the shift is happening and a lot of people are searching for more meaning about life than just doing surface level things or what society has dictated in the last few years or 20, 30, 40, 50 years or so. So there's so much more to us and to our being here and our soul's mission and being more awakened to what's really happening around us that I think um, you can't hang on to those old patterns and the blueprints from the past anymore because it doesn't serve us. It keeps us in a very fear-based um, mode, like uh, being more anxious, angry, resentful. And people really want to get away from that and understand why am I feeling this way? This is not who I am. And searching for self and saying, what can I do to help others? And it's actually quite an uprising happening around the world. And we can see that with so many different movements, which is very exciting to me. I, I, I don't watch the news getting depressed. I watch them getting excited actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Everything that's going on. And I'm already very excited for our conversation today, just from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's good and me too I'm super excited 
Cool. Well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your origin story um, and maybe share if there was a pivotal moment that led you to be doing the work that you're doing today or if it was just a natural mm-hmm. evolution? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I was born and raised in Iran. So, um, and I lived through a revolution, a 10 year war, and then followed by immigration from a, one country to a complete opposite, different style of uh, living. So um, I had to learn to adapt and adjust to so many things throughout that. So my life, home life was very safe, certain, loving, and thanks to my loving parents. And um, I was taught kindness and all kinds of great values to have around people and connections and all that. But the moment I would step outside the house, especially after the revolution and during wartime, it was a very unsafe environment. So you had to like really work some skills to protect yourself, to make yourself feel safe. All those uncertainties that you didn't know what's going to happen or, and even going to school. But I always found myself back to love and finding humor and everything. I was kind of a rebel at school, actually. Well, not kind of I let's let's not <laughs> let's not downplay that I was at the principal's office very often um and I never got caught so I always wanted to feel not so invisible I didn't want to feel like I need to keep my head down all the time and I was different and I was loud and all that and I was being punished for it so when I came to Canada when we immigrated here I was actually expecting this very warm welcome and all that and I went straight to high school but I got quite the opposite and it was a really big shock for me because um, I felt so disconnected even more invisible than I've ever felt and actually bullied by a few students and quite often and I didn't know at the time that was bullying um, I would fight back because that's what I learned how to do it but I was also being punished for it at the principal's office again and again um, and that's when I later on learned that that's what happens a lot here in uh, many schools and such And um, after that, when I went to college, I found more of my own uh, tribe and people and I felt more connected, but I never knew what, what it is I want to do. I never knew what I wanted to do. I never knew what I'm really good at. Uh, my father is an artist and he's actually a world-known international artist. So I always thought, well, growing up around art, that's something I can always go to because I really loved it. And even went to university after that, got my bachelor in art history and all that, which a lot of people don't know about me. Um, and then I realized, well, I can't do much with that in Vancouver. So I studied business, um, uh, business and marketing and then came back to Vancouver from University of Victoria and I started working at different marketing firms and such and even a law firm. But I still didn't feel like I belonged and I was trying my hardest. I was like, well, that was like, I really loved people that I work with, but I didn't feel that that's my thing to do. One thing I was really good at, though, is whenever my friends would call me and they had issues, I was the big problem solver. I loved making time for it. People would come to me and I would just make time for it. And it was, it was something that really lit me up. Um, but then again, I would, when I was working at the last place I was working at was the law firm and it was there for four years. I just knew there's something more to me. And I kept telling myself, I got to figure it out, but I kept postponing it. 
And so a car accident changed all that, which I call it my blessing in disguise. Because you know how you have that whisper, how Oprah says you get a whisper, then it gets louder and you ignore it. It gets louder and louder. And then you really get a kick in the butt. Mm -hmm. Um, I got that kick in the butt with the car accident. I actually was actually in a relationship at the time that was very dysfunctional. I was going to work that I wasn't happy about anymore. Um, and I kept postponing things. And when I had this car accident, um, I wasn't like no broken bones or anything. I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, but then I couldn't go to work. I, my relationship fell apart. I had no money coming in. I went and I had like these muscle aches and pains that I could, I was very sporty before that. I was so athletic doing all kinds of sports and I couldn't do any of it. And so I was heading straight to depression, um, to the depression, getting depressed, getting to, you know, really down on myself and everything. And, this went on for about a good six months or so. And I remember towards the end of that, I um, was so down and sad that at some point I started praying to God and begging God to say, saying that, please help me out of this. I, I just can't do this anymore. I just need you to guide me, get me out of this, help me. And I think that was one of my, first moments of really surrendering and being vulnerable and asking for help uh, when I look at it at hindsight. And then shortly after that, a friend of mine, she said, I'm going to Mexico. I have this uh, timeshare if you want to come with me. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go do that and then just see if I can find a part of me, something of me, because I felt like I completely lost myself. I didn't know even what I was, what I was doing, what am I supposed to be doing? And so I went on that trip and she needed some emotional help and uh, stuff with like um, uh, sports and workouts and how to do more of that. And I was really interested in helping her. And I was actually at the same time going inwards and thinking about myself. And it was actually really uh, amazing trip. On the way back from that trip on the plane, I actually thought to myself that, that I know exactly what I want to do. And I told her, I said, um, I want to be a coach. And the moment I got off the plane, I came home and I searched for coaching colleges and stuff. And I found Ericsson Coaching College here in Vancouver, which is an international all over the world. And I signed up within a day or two and I finished like a six month program in a month and a half. I went for the intensive one. And, um, and then I went, started working. I only had a business card. I really didn't know how to run a business, what to do. I just need, I knew I, this is what I wanted to do. And that's all I knew. And I didn't want to back out from it. And I started listening to, within a year or so, I started listening to Tony Robbins CDs and stuff. Yes, 10 years ago, there were CDs. <laughs> I was listening to CDs and his style really resonated with me. And after, like I was really, um, um, I put myself in the habit of going to a coffee shop every day, sharp at two o'clock, sit there for two hours, listen to stuff, take notes and really train myself that way. And I thought, I really need to go see this man live. So I searched and saw that he has one of these events in San Jose, California, and I signed up for it for Unleash the Power Within. 
And when I went there, towards the end of the uh, uh, last day, he was talking about this um, mastery university that he has that is all across the world. You travel and you learn so much and everything. And, and I just knew in my heart that's what I have to do. I even ask a question for myself usually that if I want to make a decision and I'm really scared to go ahead with it, but I know I need to do it. I always ask myself, I give myself two options. I'm like, well, if you do it, what is it going to look like? And then I feel like, what if you don't do it, what does your life going to look like? And I asked that to my, and I knew 100% it's a yes, I need to do it. So I went and I really learned so much. And when I finished the two-year program again in six months, I just needed to, I was so hungry to get things started. And I started my coaching business. Uh, uh, even it took off after that. Um, and ever since it's been evolving and I've been growing and, uh, I've had, uh, I planned three, um, events, two here in Vancouver and one in Iran. I've done a lot of public speaking for organizations and different companies, and I'm doing a lot of coaching and I'm, I'm just feeling on top of the world ever since that. So that's been my journey so far. <laughs> and that has been quite the journey. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> doesn't, when I talk about it, it doesn't feel like uh, all that happened. We're like, wow, so much happened. And there's so much more. But this is, uh, we don't have five hours on this podcast. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> when you're interviewed by Oprah, because I know that Oprah's uh, shows go quite long. So Oprah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I love those interviews. I, I never, I lose track of time. So yeah, they're so good. Yeah. Now, Definitely. one of the things that I absolutely love is when I see your videos pop up in my social media feed on Thursdays and mm. I love that you are always talking about, um, there's so many different things that tie into how we show up in the world and how we take care of ourselves and how we interact with people. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to bring you on to talk about what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, in recent years, self-care has become a very popular term. Everyone's talking about get your massage. It's not selfish. Do these things. But recently there's been a lot less emphasis on the bubble baths and the more fluffy kind of Mm -hmm. self-care. More importance placed on being selective about who we choose to spend our time with, setting and maintaining personal boundaries, Mm -hmm. and learning how to be comfortable in stating our needs. And I'm curious as to what your thoughts are about why you think this shift is happening, why we're going more from that like physical self-care more to this energetic and emotional self-care. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually an amazing question. Um, I, I personally think it's all about connection to self. Um, with the internet and the World Wide Web coming uh, into our lives, it actually really connected us to the world and so much information and abundance of everything. But what it also did on the downside is disconnecting us to ourselves. Um, for example, we're constantly asking for uh, uh self-validation of self from others where we have come to a lot of self-judgment self-criticism comparison um, of ourselves to another being perfect how do I show up to be perfect and I think that is 
has surfaced a lot of unhealed wounds. And I think our unhealed wounds all go back to our childhood. That's a whole other story there. But I believe that because we don't have those tools and skills as a child, whatever happens during our childhood and growing up, whatever happens around us, we translate that into making it about ourselves. Let's say if a couple of parents are fighting, the child may be thinking, this is about me. I've done something wrong and I'm not loved. Or the parents get divorced, uh, same thing. Or a kid at school is being mean, it's about me. So we pack on all this. And then when we grow up, similar incidents that happen brings these emotions, surfaces it up. So people trigger each other constantly. So with um, also being so disconnected from self that way, with, if you're not practicing self-love, like actions of being aware, saying no, um, knowing that this is not my fault, and forgiveness of self and all that, it will cause these unhealed wounds do surface. And no amount of uh, massage or bath will kind of pop it for you. Uh, those are really good things, which helps the body calm down and helps the, because we always have to start with our physics to be work out, be active, um, and take care of ourselves, but it's only to help give ourselves love so we can look inside and let these emotions that don't serve us surface so we can really look at them for what they are and not making it about us. And this is who I am. Because we have become really reactive. We, I always say that if, you're, if you see someone who's angry or ignoring someone or pissed off or anxious, this is not about you. You have to rise a little bit and see that person as a whole and not see them for their pain because they're just carrying an emotional pain. Um, I had an interesting experience, actually. Uh, about a year and a half ago, um, a while I was running, I injured it. I popped my kneecap. That's a whole other story again. And I had to be on crutches for about two months or so. And what I realized is a lot of people that I come across and see and all that on a daily basis who would uh, not even look me in the eye or see me on the other side and walk away or pretend they didn't see me, a lot of people would rush to open doors for me and help me out and all that. And this was actually very interesting because I was noticing a lot of um, um, emotions in myself that I'm like, wow, this is, I'm receiving so much love here. And what I also noticed is that when we see things as in a physical pain, we're there to help other people. But emotional pain is not visible not that clearly. Like if you see someone angry, people usually make it about themselves. If someone is anxious or depressed, we make it about ourselves instead of saying, this person is in pain. There's an emotional pain happening here. So maybe I should rise above it and go for help instead of taking it as this is about me. So it's a lot of stuff like that happening. And I think with, with practicing connection to self, and being more self-aware, all this, people have been doing that. There's a lot of information out there. Again, thanks to this internet and the World Wide Web, 
a lot of people are more gravitating towards that because they're sick and tired of being sick and tired of these carrying these emotions that, that they can't relate to anymore. They know it's not theirs. So I, I feel very positively about that. I, I see a lot like as there, even in my own community, I go out or I'm talking about something. I feel a lot of people are also listening very carefully. So it's, it's very good news in my opinion that it's good to have um, self-care physically and all that, but people are starting to really pay attention to their emotions. Yeah, I agree. It's a really positive direction. And I've always kind of looked at fitness as like the catalyst for the other things. Mm -hmm. You know, in Mm -hmm. my own journey, like fitness was what helped me start to really learn myself more, understand myself, build confidence to then go out and do other awesome things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I gather this is kind of the same thing, you know, taking care of our basic physical needs gives us even just that super basic foundation to begin that exploratory process with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, most definitely. Like even Tony Robbins always says, he says, if you want to start somewhere, start with your physics, start with your state. Your physical state will determine how you feel inside. If you're slumped over, that's the emotion that's going to follow you're going to feel down and depressed. If you're sitting up straight, your emotion is going to it's eventually sets in. You're going to be feeling up and energetic and all that. So your physical state, can it's a good place to start. Yes, and I bet everyone who's listening just like straightened up their spine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I did it while I was talking to you. <laughs> now, from all of these different energetic self-care things, one of the ones that I want to go into a little bit deeper is the idea of stating our needs. And this is a mm. statement that I've heard come up from a lot of people lately. So there's something to it. And I look at stating our needs as just as it sounds, you know, if I'm having a rough day and I need some space, being able to communicate, oh, I need some space or Mm -hmm. asking for what we need. And so Mm -hmm. why do you think this is important, whether it's in our personal relationships or work relationships or with ourselves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's very important first to know what our needs are. It's very important first to know what do I really need here? And we can't expect another person to deliver that to us or show up for us or understands us if we don't know what we really need. And we're like thumbprints. Every person is different than the other. So we can't expect that because I need this, then the other person didn't understand it or start the blame language or shaming someone else for not being able to show up for us. So it's very important that we know what it is exactly what I need. And I think a good place to start, that's where I usually like to start because when you're happy and on top of the world and all that, you're not really thinking about anything else. You're just enjoying life. It's moments when you're in fear mode, like you're angry or you're down or someone triggers you or says something to you that it just doesn't feel right or you just want to shut down the world and go and step away from everyone and disconnect. Those are the times where it's good to use that awareness to ask yourself, use that time to ask yourself, what is it I really need here? Why am I really angry? Why did this per- why do I feel that this person pissed me off? Because people are just coming close to that wound, to that scar that you have, and all you want to do is protect it. And then with protection, you don't wanna you 
you don't want to, if you don't want to face it, then you blame the other person. Whereas if you really look into yourself and say someone is coming close to a wound, that means only one thing. I have an unhealed wound here and I, it's time for me to look in. So when, when that happens, I always ask myself, I say, what do I really need here? Um, is it, am I angry for what? Because anger for me personally is something that brings me safety when, I, when I'm in fear mode. Like if I feel unsafe, if I feel uncertain about something, I use anger to get the other part, the other person to back off. So I know through time over and over in my pattern that that scares the other, other side. So I use it to protect myself. It's not going into rage or anything. It's okay to be angry, but if you're using your anger to protect something within you, protection only is there if danger is a, a close by. Right. So you only need protection when there's danger. When there's no real danger, you got to see why did I get angry? Why did that person make me angry? And then I go a little bit deeper and I ask myself, what am I really scared of here? Because it all goes back to fear. This is a fear based emotion. What am I really scared of here? That I need protection. And then I feel, oh, because I don't feel safe. Why don't I feel safe? What? Because we can always protect ourselves. We can always stand up for ourselves, voice ourselves. But if, if we feel something, some kind of danger is around, we have to keep digging into the answer. And it all goes back to not being loved, not being noticed, not being appreciated, not being heard. And when I get to that, let's say, for example, if it's because I wasn't heard, if a person keeps cutting me off and doesn't let me talk or whatnot, it, it's, let's say, it gets to that and I get angry. It's because I don't feel heard. And then I ask myself, when is it that you don't feel heard by yourself? So I ask myself the same question that I'm expecting another person to feed that need for me. Mm. And then I work on that. Why am I not hearing myself? When are the times that I didn't listen to that. So it goes again to that hurt inner child. Let's say you're feeling angry, but then you go and drink with your friends or you're feeling angry and you start eating or you want to numb it somehow with whatever it is you numb your pain with. Whereas that inner child is asking, say, hear me out. I'm scared. Make me feel safe. And we're doing just the opposite. It's like any child coming to you and asking for help and not feeling safe. You're going to do anything to help the child, but you're turning your own back on yourself. And that's why we feel unheard, unseen, unappreciated, and not meet our own needs. And therefore we expect it for others to do so. And this is how we connect to ourselves. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so much of what you are saying resonates. And I, mm -hmm. hope, um, I hope our listeners can see some of that in their own experiences too. And I actually, it was at your event last year where I really started to look at my reactions as either coming from fear or love. Mm -hmm. you know, heard that so many times, but the way you explained it really resonated with me. And mm. when I see exactly, as you said, when I see myself getting angry now, I can always trace it back to a fear of something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I like you and I have both been doing a lot of this work for a long time. And so while it's not necessarily easy for us to stop and ask ourselves that question in the midst of getting reactive, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who are maybe just beginning this journey or who haven't even started it yet, Mm -hmm. catching yourself in that reactive state is really, really tough. Mm -hmm. Provide maybe like your top suggestion on how we can start to cultivate that ability to catch ourselves when we begin engaging in that kind of behavior? Sure. Um, Of course, it's still, still these days, even though I'm doing it 10,000 times a day on a daily basis, like I do it, but still it's very hard to catch yourself in that moment. Mm -hmm. It all is about awareness because once, let's say a listener is listening to this podcast and I just talked about my anger or uh, what the fear-based emotion is. Once you become aware of something, you can't undo it. So it's now part of your life. So that's, you have to be okay with it. And just all it takes is to build a muscle. It's, it's the same as going to the gym. You don't go on the first day to the gym and expect to have a full muscle and be really like have a six pack and all that. You keep going and you keep going. There are days that you fall off the wagon, then you get back up, then you keep going, then you keep going until this muscle is really built and it becomes a habit that you don't even think about anymore. So a lot of these emotions become that way. And then always, because we are always a work in progress and growth happens till the day we die. Um, If there's no growth, then that means you're on the other side. So it's... This is something that you have to be gentle and easy with yourself and not go into self-punishment, but how come I didn't notice that? Or if you're in a conversation, I should have said that. I can't believe I didn't open my mouth and just voice myself or whatnot. No, no. You just come home and you think about it and you just be aware of what happened. And that's all that matters at that moment. It's, oh, you don't go into self-punishment or criticism and judgment of yourself. I should have said something. I could have said something. One thing I actually, in amongst in my sessions and amongst all my friends, they always know it. I I do not allow words as should, could, would, because these are not definite words. I should have done. You go back into regret, or I could have done something. I would have done something. It's all in the past, and it's regret. And it really doesn't do anything for you in the present moment. Another word is try. Don't use the word try because you either do or you don't. I'll try to do it. You're giving yourself a way out. So just make points to yourself that I'm going to do this. And if I don't, I'll take a note of it, journal, write about it. Like if something really bothers me and I can't really figure out what it is, I start writing about it. I, I always say, start with the victim mode. We go into this victim mode that everything's been done to us. People are mean to us and all that. So I write my story fully. And really, it doesn't mean it's not true. In that moment, we feel that it's really true. Mm-hmm. So I write it all out. What happened? Well, this person talked to me like this and this person talked to me like that or this happened and I was treated this way. So I really, really pour it all out. And then I step back and I look at it again and think, okay, that's your victim mode. What is it really you need here that you didn't get? So I can show up for myself. Because when you put the story down right in front of you, then you can look at it from a third person and then show up as a whole. 
without the person, without the pain and say, okay, I'm here to help you now. Let's see. What is it really here you need? What are you really afraid of? Let's see what we can do. And then you point those things out and then you work your way backwards. So that's what I would suggest for the first thing. Just write it out, say it out, say it to a friend, someone who's trusting, trusted friend. Uh, you can't just trust everyone. A trusted friend is the best friend to have. So you just say it out and say, say, you say, I want to tell you this happened, but please listen to it and tell me, where do I sound like a victim? Ask your friend to do that for you. Mm-hmm. So they don't just say, oh, honey, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Or they're very aware that you need a different kind of help. Yeah. That is such a good exercise. And I love even just Mm. the idea of writing it out and Mm. looking at it yourself. And I think that ties back into that part that you had said about needing to be seen and to be heard. Because I think a lot of the time, the common... the common advice is to just brush it off, move on from it. Don't worry. About mm-hmm. it. We, we need to acknowledge when we feel that way in order to be able to work through it. So yeah, yeah. That because sense. that way you're also turning yourself, you're back on yourself. Mm-hmm. Heal on that wound. You're turning your, yourself back on yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you cut out there for a second. I didn't mean to. Oh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Technology has a little perks and little yes. things it does. Yeah. But no, you're spot on with that. Mm-hmm. So I always also say, call it by what it is right up on top of it, say victim mode and then go crazy on it. So you actually know that it's, it's under that category. It's safe. Now I want to go off about someone or something or whatever that happened. Mm-hmm. And just let loose. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'll be keeping that in my toolbox for my own practice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to kind of keep continuing on our hypothetical listener's journey. Mm -hmm. And so let's say this individual is now, they are building the self-awareness. They're understanding what they need in certain situations. And they're becoming more comfortable being able to tell people what they need in a particular moment. Mm-hmm. What do we do when we reach the inevitable scenario where we are met with somebody who doesn't respect when we've stated our needs or when we've set a boundary and somebody doesn't respect that? What mm-hmm. advice do you have for somebody in that scenario? Mm-hmm. Well, the, when it's first, it goes back to ourselves. It's first, again, I always ask ourselves, like if someone is not listening or someone is not honoring, or I always ask myself, say, did I cover all the bases here? Did I voice myself clearly or I just suggested it? Or did I show it by action, but I was hoping the other person would get it. Like, let's say if a friend is constantly calling you at the odd hours and stuff and you're picking it up, you're really helping their behavior. And then when you choose to decide to not do it anymore, they don't get it. It's no communication has happened. So you have to first look at your own side and say, how clear was I in standing up for my values and my own boundaries? First, let me take the responsibility there because that is not blaming self actually that's empowering self let me look at this from this angle before I go into the other side and if everything is clear and you've mentioned everything or you've stated how you like things to be done or whatnot then you look at the other side and 
we have to do it always with compassion and kindness because that's what you want it to. That's when you have compassion, love, and kindness and you communicate through that, that's when change actually does happen. We can't change other people, but when we show up with love and kindness and compassion, it actually helps another person understand better so then they can make a better decision to do differently. Um, So what I would say that if the other person is um, not um, um, honoring our needs and stuff, it's because we could look at it in a few different uh, ways. It's because, first of all, they're in fear mode. Um, If they're constantly coming towards us, it's because maybe... One thing that we can look at ourselves here that I actually, I always do this myself. I'm like, how did I make this person a codependent on me? Mm-hmm. Because if they're in fear mode, like let's say a friend constantly texts you or calls you and when they're in fear mode and you pick it up or you answer back because you really want to help them. Well, you're making them, you're turning them into a codependent that when you're scared, I am the safe and loving place you can come to. So that also takes away some boundaries for you because on your own end, you got to think about it and say, why do I need this codependency myself? What is it I'm hiding behind? If I'm making this person codependent and always showing up, it makes me feel good about myself and I'm creating this scenario, then I'm actually needing to be needed. And if I need to be needed, it all goes back to, I'm not giving something to myself that I'm feeling I'm hiding behind a wall of it. And it goes again about being worthy to receive love. And we're not just givers, especially people who have the gift like yourself and like me and so many other coaches and people and light workers who are doing all the good stuff. Somehow we believe that we're just givers and we're not worthy to receive. We just have to, oh, no, I'm a giver. I got to do this. I got to do this. So it comes to a place sometimes that resentment and not honoring our own boundaries and our own values. We have to also keep in mind in that before we take a look at the other side. And the other side, if, if we're voicing ourselves, like let's say I have clients or some friends sometimes who are in fear mode and they just, text something of, oh, this person did this to me, did this happen, this and that. And I look at that text and I can see it's full-on fear mode. And I have to make a decision there for myself. It has nothing to do with them, but everything to do with self-prioritizing me. I have to come first. Love for myself, like putting the oxygen mask on me first so I can help deliver. I can't just jump in. First is I don't want to make them codependent because I know if I keep helping them, how are they going to help themselves when I'm not around? So they have to build that muscle and learn how to do this. Um, another thing is I personally like a hello, how are you doing? And then do you have time? Can, can we talk about something? I'm being triggered or I'm... But some people don't have that skills too, let's say. So then you're in fear mode and you're just constantly reaching out. What I do in that time is I give myself the time to calm down and see what do I want to do about this fear because I don't want to be triggered by it. I do want to help. 
but I also want to give them the time to figure it out themselves. Of course, this is only in case of non-emergency things. Like if someone is in a hospital or so, you definitely pick up that phone or answer that text. But if it's just an emotional fear that they're going through, they've been triggered, you have to step aside first, take care of why am I, why, why is this that this space is not just here to, for people to come and dump it. This space needs to be respected. It needs to be loved. So first, how can I respect and love my own space? So through my actions, people will honor and love and respect it too. So when I give that space, then later on when I call, I also, it's my responsibility to voice and say what was happening on my end. Like, let's say if I was having a hectic day or I'm going through stuff, I would also mention it. Or I wouldn't go into like a sarcastic thing and say, hello, how are you doing? Or that would be nice to ask me how I'm doing. Or that's, that's all fear-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, hello, how are you? I've been busy. It's been a hectic day. These are the things I've been going through. And I'm really sorry you're going through that. Hope it turned out okay. But tomorrow I can chat with you about it. Right? At this hour. So then you're setting yourself a boundary. You're giving yourself. You're, you're designing it the way around it, that it would be loved, it would be honored and respected. And 10 out of 10 times when I do this, I get positive results. Awesome. Everything all boils down to loving and taking care of ourselves first, doesn't it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always oxygen mask on your face. I know it's a lot of work, (laughs) but it's the feeling of, Giving yourself unconditional love is, is the feeling of being on top of the world, really. Because mm-hmm. you allow yourself to feel all the... Because if you numb all the fears of anxiety and pain and anger and blame it on other things, and if you're in that habit, you're definitely not going to feel happiness, fulfillment, joy, and all that either, fully. You're not going to feel it. But when you're constantly giving yourself that, you're allowing yourself to feel all the ranges, ranges of the beautiful emotions because you're telling yourself, I'm worthy of this much love. I love it. And this, mm-hmm. this really, it validates something that I have been working on both with myself and with my clients a lot over this last year and a bit is mm-hmm. like this idea of when we aren't having, when we aren't feeling, um, validated or heard or seen by other people and we start giving ourselves that we start to see that other people start to treat us the way that we want to mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. all starts treating ourselves that way and even if we run into that instance where somebody doesn't end up treating us the way we wanted to be treated it ends up not impacting us as much because we're giving that to ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, cool. if you feel the feet need to be needed more than to be there for yourself then that's the time when you need to look in and say, mm-hmm. why do I have this need? What is it that I'm not giving myself, that I'm channeling it to another person and then becoming resentful or feeling like they're not honoring your boundaries or values because all that comes afterwards. All right, listeners, so you heard it here. We got to fill our own cups. We got to satisfy our own needs. That is the the key message I'm thinking from today. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
So now our listener is our hypothetical listener is out there and they're, they're doing all the wonderful physical self-care things. They're moving their bodies, eating nutritious foods, and they're also taking care of themselves emotionally by setting boundaries, by cultivating that strong sense of self-awareness. What is one other essential ingredient you would suggest to our friend here to help them live their best life this year? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. One of the most important ones that I always go back to is trust yourself. When you trust yourself, you trust the love within you that you will be okay no matter what. You look at your own uh, history. I always say look at your own library of events in your life. No matter what happened, you came out okay. So you know with more awareness, you can always be better. And when you trust yourself, you do also trust God in the universe or the higher power, whatever every person's belief is. You let go of all that certainty and hanging on to or grab on to other people or hanging on to your fears because you don't feel safe or uh, you feel uncertain and all the things that may cause you to feel anxious or worried or stressed and angry and all that so trusting going back to trusting yourself you can build all that you can even by trusting building trust for yourself you can build trust for others to trust you like the more you trust what you're doing is out of love when you check in with yourself now what are these actions i'm doing what are these thoughts are they fear-based or are they love-based when you're acting from a love-based kind of place and trusting yourself you're building increments of that in other people's lives too. So you're, they're able to trust you more as well. So it really br- brings this ripple effect. Um, another thing that I really believe that you can really work on, uh, it's more of awareness and embracing change. A lot of people are afraid of change, but changing the meaning behind change is very important. Making and knowing that change is constant. It will always happen. Let me just ride the waves. Yes, there are sometimes it's really great. Everything is wonderful. And there are sometimes that you're down in the valley and it doesn't feel good. When you're down there, just know that change is happening for you. Things are not happening to you. When you're down there, just realize I'm here because I got to let go of so many things that don't serve me and grab the tools that do because I'm soon going to get back up there. And I need these things. So when something happens that makes me feel down, depressed, angry, anxious, and all that, and things are not going my way, I just know, oh, this is not my door. So it's good that it's shut down. I'm really trusting that what's for me, what I'm asking for, this is not the way to do it. So what do I need to get rid of here? What do I need to let go of? What are my fears while I'm sitting here? What am I really scared of? Those are the moments we really actually get to dig in. That's our opportunity to get to know ourselves better. That authentic self, the true self, the one that needs to shine through beneath all these layers of false beliefs and thoughts or the voices in your head and things that have been there implemented through society and years and years of years of what's been dictated. These are not you. 
your soul can shine through the real you and then you're on your right path. You find out what it is more you want to do of what makes you feel more alive, more passionate, showing up with more love for yourself and others. So it's very important to also embrace change, trust yourself and embrace it. Yeah. A lot of difficult questions that we have to ask ourselves come from that, but so oh yeah, <laughs> not easy, not easy saying to yourself all the, like, it's very easy when I'm sitting across the client and talking to them Yeah, and I get it and I see it and how hard it is to answer these questions and it takes a lot of patience and you have to create a very safe and trusting place to do so. But you, uh, you realize even more that I need to create that space for myself because I'm about to ask some serious questions of myself here too. Mm-hmm. So, as you said, these bubble baths and massages and all that, think of those. If you're doing those physically for yourself and you're doing the workouts or you're doing any kinds of good eating and all of that, know that you're creating a very special, safe and trusting and loving space with that. So you can sit there and then look into that. You can't be punishing yourself and digging into yourself at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh you have God. to be gentle. Yes, definitely. That's where those tools come handy. So good. So good. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, I've got a couple of final questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, and this can be pertaining to the topic that we talked about today, or it can just be anything in general. Do you have mm-hmm. any resources that you want to share with our listeners, whether they're books, podcasts, blogs, anything? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have a lot of... Uh, uh, books that I read that, are, that are, I like, uh, but I'll start with the podcast. The podcast I usually listen to, and sometimes I've listened to so many of them over five, six, ten times. I keep going back to them because every time you listen, and you learn something new. Is um, one is my one of my favorites is Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Another one is Lewis Howe's uh, The School of Greatness. Um, of course, Tony Robbins' podcast. I also like um, uh, Dr. Phil's uh, called Fill in the Blanks. It's a new one that just came out. And he actually brings out really good questions. And uh, his uh, guests are, they have lots of uh, juicy stuff to give and feed the soul. Uh, Oprah's Masterclass. Also, Russell Brand. He has one is called Under the Skin. And I really enjoyed listening to that too. And in terms of books, this is one book I keep going back to, and it's called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, and I know a lot of people know about him. I keep going back to that because it's all about ego and um, whether it's uh, inflated or deflated. Uh, It's about the alter ego and how letting go of that to rise above, and it's more about the awareness we just talked about. Uh, Another one is Brene Brown, her books. They're like my Bible. I keep going back to them over and over and over again. Another great one is for both men and women. I've been suggesting this to so many people, and it's really helpful because it's called Mask of Masculinity by Lewis House. Mm-hmm. Um, we as women carry a lot of masks too, masculine masks, and reading this actually helps you really understand the male side of things and not take it, um, personally or anything and you really actually get to feel their pain and be more compassionate it's really fantastic um, what I'm reading right now is The Power of Premonition by Larry Dosey which is fantastic and there's a whole list of 
that I can keep going on and on. <laughs> Something with Winnick, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson, Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov, and the list keeps going on. I, I just love reading and reading and reading as much as I can in podcasts. Thank God for podcasts because when you're driving or styling your hair or sitting in a cafe that's really noisy it's always good to listen to a podcast mm-hmm, totally yeah so i think that's a good a good starting point for our listeners so we'll be sure to link to all of those in the show notes so you can go and check them out and last but not least tandar where can our listeners find you let us know about any social media channels if you have any offerings courses anything that you want to talk mm-hmm. about now is mm-hmm. do it Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm all over the internet, actually. I am on, um, I have my own website. Of course, it's tandartanavoli.com. So you can find all my YouTube videos. I do five minute YouTube videos um, with lots of coaching tips and all that. And there are lots of quotes and such like that and some articles. Mm, I'm also on Instagram at Coach Tandar. And I'm on Facebook uh, under Tandar Tanavoli. So you can follow me there. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I used to be on Twitter, but I'm not a big tweeter. I don't know how to tweet. It's just I talk a lot. So cutting down those sentences for me was really hard. So <laughs> I, I kind of slowed down on the Twitter thing, but who knows? You never know. I might get back on that again uh, sometime. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And also, Ariana, I wanted to thank you for this opportunity and um, really acknowledge you for all the amazing work you've been doing. I'm, I follow you on your work uh, on social media as well, too. And I'm like blown away by your progress and your growth. It's amazing. Thank you. You're yeah. very driven and bright light. Beginning. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. I remember, when was it? Four or five years ago when we met at that mm-hmm. coffee shop? Yeah. And you, wow, you, it's, you're, you're, you're a force not to be messed with. So <laughs> Thank I, lo- I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's of course. Compliment. Amazing. Well, I am sure our listeners got a ton out of our conversation. I got a ton out of our conversation and I feel so light and uplifted and like excited to go take on my day now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Of course. And to our listeners, as always, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for allowing us to hang out in between your ears. I'll be back with you next week with another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Have a great day. Hold up before you go. Did you know that your reviews and honest feedback actually make a really big difference in the growth of this podcast? Because they do. So please head over to iTunes and let us know what you thought of today's episode.